down to earth on News Talk with a Monday, an asset manager investing in tomorrow today to shape a better world for all. Each week here on Down to Earth, we dig into someone's green life, finding out how they integrate environmental issues into their everyday lives. And today, comedian PJ Gallagher joins us on Down to Earth. Welcome, PJ. Uh, good morning. Uh, how are you? I, I feel like a complete fraud being on this show. Can yeah. I just say, yes. like, I, I feel like I have no business being on here. I'm, I'm like the most unqualified guest you will ever have. Yeah, you're not known for talking about environmental issues, but you've kindly agreed to be my victim on My Green Life this week. So let me start by asking you when you first became aware of climate change and other environmental problems. Well, environmental problems on the whole, climate change on its own, I'm not really too sure, but environmental problems on the whole, I suppose it was like in the 80s, you know, when CFCs were our big worry and the ozone was our big worry. Mm, um, and I guess that's when it started to be a real sort of, you know, that's that's when I started to realise it was an, a problem and not just things adults spoke about and was really boring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that's actually a problem we've we've started to solve because we banned uh, CFCs and, and the ozone layer has started to close back up again. But uh, climate change itself, when did you hear about it? Uh, well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm really not too sure. I guess it's one of those things like erosion. It just kind of, I gradually realized its severity over time, I think, you know. Um, so it was like, uh, I guess I heard people talking about it, didn't take it seriously. Then one day I was building anxiety about it. And I guess through the last 10 years, 15 years or something, I've realized how serious it is. What was um, it that, that caused anxiety? Well, I, I suppose that like it's painted to us in such utter despair, I suppose, you know, like every time, like there's always like, for instance, I just watched Sea Spiracy. Have you seen Sea Spiracy? I just like, watched it too. It's something we're going to be talking about on the show next week. Well, there you go. So you look at that and it's like, say, if, I, I'm not sure how long it is, but say if it's 90 minutes long for 80 minutes, they do everything they can to paint the picture that we are doomed. And then they try and pull it back in 10. Um, so I suppose it's really hard not to have anxiety about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, you start realizing I am actually a huge contributor to this problem. And then you start to feel like, well, what can I do to fix it? How can I help? How can I be part of the uh, part of change? And um, you kind of realize, well, you actually can't. You know, you, you I suppose all the recycling in the world I do, all the actual cycling in the world I do, all mm. the you know, wearing the same clothes until the arse falls out, me tracksuit bottoms I do, doesn't make a huge amount of difference. So you kind of just do your bit and hope that one day everybody else does too. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you mentioned a few things that that you do. Uh, You have been vegetarian. I don't know if you're still vegetarian, are you? Well, no, I haven't been a vegetarian for a long time because I was a vegetarian for like seven years. um, And then I, I... I just wasn't really healthy. I didn't really understand how to eat healthily as an ed- as a vegetarian, you know? Yeah. Um, like there was never really vegetarian options that much, but I'm slowly getting back to it. I'm down to eating like one meat meal a day. So I'm down to like, I mean, like I'm eating like 30%, if even, um, the amount of meat I was eating this time last year. Like I'm, I've really rapidly reduced the amount of meat I eat. And, are you... uh, and I'm still working on getting rid of the rest of it, you know. And what are, what's motivating? Like... What's motivating that? Is it more an animal welfare thing or an environmental Mostly, thing? It's about, it's 50-50. I, like it's animal welfare um, and it's um, and it's environmental issues, you know, um, when you see how much damage it does. See, I'm only learning. I'm still learning on a you know, on a sort of micro scale every day, how much impact these things have, because it's very easy to think 
or to look at them and just think, well, I'm only like, you know, doing a small bit. But so it's it's kind of both of them. And and and, and because there's more options now, like 15 years ago when I was doing the whole veggie thing, it was hard to get decent veggie food. It was hard to know. There wasn't a lot of vegetarians out there. It was still kind of a laughable venture. But now everybody... Like a lot of people are trying to eat a lot less meat. So it's easier now. Yeah. Since you watched Seaspiracy, the big take home message on that seemed to be we shouldn't be eating fish. Are you going to give up fish now too? I was like, I watched so, like, I watched so much of that show. And all through that show, I was thinking, oh, thank God they haven't mentioned shellfish because I love shellfish. And then all of a sudden it was slavery. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I was like, uh, I'm going to try and I, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to give up everything. No. I'm just not. I'm never going to be vegan, you yeah. know, um, but I'll, I'm going to do as as much as I can and, and stay healthy at the same time, if you know what I mean. So and you, hopefully the industry catches up. You um, catches with up with behavior. PJ. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have given up uh, buying clothes, I understand. So when was the last time you bought clothes? OK, yesterday right before, <laughs> before that months ago i bought the new bohemians jersey yesterday i was like what i had to have it um but before that like i, I i'm really really i hardly buy clothes at all anymore like really hardly at all uh, i'm down to two pairs of jeans i actually found a pair of jeans in the shed last week i was over the moon <laughs> are you really you're not, you're not gonna buy any more jeans ever no well I, I definitely will eventually like you know i had a pair of jeans i really liked and I wore out the sort of crotch area of them. I was very disappointed. Now I found a new pair. They've got shallow pockets, but, you know, I'll get a year out of them. <laughs> uh, so uh, like that, I'm trying, really trying not to buy any new clothes. And I w- realize I don't need much. Like I, I can see all every piece of clothing I own, I can see from where I'm sitting right now in the house. What in, What's inspired that decision to not buy clothes? Are you just not into I, fashion or? No, I, I no, I, I for a very brief period, I, I thought like, like I, I don't really do anything else, uh, so I'm gonna buy clothes, and I started to see, I, believe it or not, as pathetic as it sounds, it was like Instagram influencers that started getting this message across. So there's like this woman called Geraldine Cart, and she has this, um, you know, she she does a lot about sustainable fashion and uh, the damage it can cause the environment, and he just again, I was just completely clueless, so. Uh, and, I, and, and I like saving money so if I can save money and with a clean conscience it makes me kind of happy you know uh, I'd rather collect a few quid than a, a few jumpers I guess that helps as well <laughs> that's a good argument you founded a cycling club in Clontarf and, and you're quite a keen uh, cycler and motorcyclist but uh, how do you feel about our cycling infrastructure in Dublin you have like I spoke to you I don't know not very long ago about cycling and I was like giving out about all the cycling access. And then I have spent this morning fixing up my bike. <laughs> so, I'm such a turncoat. I mean, like, I, I think, like, obviously, I, cycling is great and all, but I don't think it's the answer for everybody. You know, I don't think cycling at the expense of motoring completely really helps because it helps a certain amount of people, but there's very few people really in the grand scheme of things that can just jump on a bike and go anywhere they want, you know. My mom's 83 years old. I, I'm not going to, she's not going to be able to get in a bike, you know. Um, you know, like people, big families can't get on bikes. People who have to do big family shops can't get on bikes. And and then on nice days, it can be, it can feel like if you're not young, fit and healthy, that you get excluded from certain places because you can't be on a bike. So yeah. I love, I founded the cycling club. I love everything on two wheels, but it can't just be for cycling focused without being focused on people who can't get on bikes too, you know. I don't know what the answer for that is. I don't know if there's like a driving limit for over 62s or something. I really don't know. Only only let old people drive. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta be. Yeah, like you know, you gotta be over eight, over sixteen to smoke cigarettes, and you gotta be over eighteen to have alcohol. Maybe you gotta be over sixty to drive a car to a beauty spot. <laughs> that's <laughs> but dis- that's ludicrous. Yeah, let's discriminate. Families can't go. That's- and like I look at, I live at Bull Island, and it's so beautiful, it's so nice, and it's now really inaccessible to a lot of the pensioners who live in the area because they cannot take their car down there because they've blocked up so many parking spots. You know, in places like Copenhagen, 50% of the population cycles, and, and you mentioned COVID benefits. We have an obesity problem here in Ireland that could be solved if, if we had a lot more people cycling. Do you not think that's an argument for get, really getting more people on bikes and creating more I safe cycling infrastructure? No, I, I don't find the obesity argument, like, at all because, like, 80% of that is is food, you know? Like, as somebody who works out a lot, if I go mental on the food for two weeks, I've reversed almost everything. Uh, like, it's great to do exercise and everything. Um, and like, I, I'm, by, and by the way, I'm not telling anyone not to cycle. Like, like I am a cyclist, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just, but uh, I, I don't know. It's just not the answer on its own. Like, no one thing is the answer on its own. So when it starts to be, when cycling is, like the city now, so many people cannot access the city anymore uh, because it's been made so cycling friendly. And, you, you know, it's just, I just think there's an argument that, that we got to watch ourselves. So if it's only people on bikes, then only half the people in the country get to go everywhere. You're kind of an anti-cycling cyclist, really. But, you know, if you were Thishik for a day, what what is the one thing you would do to try and deal with some of our environmental issues? I guess uh, plastic does my head in. So, you know the way, like, if you take tablets, remember years ago, you used to get tablets from a pharmacy and you used to get them in a bottle and then... When you were when you needed more tablets, they refilled your bottle. But now everything is like these single popper plastic things mm-hmm. for medication, like that's shit like that. And and single use water bottles does my head in. Uh, you know all those single use plastics. If I could, if I had power, like even a t-shirt couldn't do it. But if I had enough power for one day to do one thing, I guess it would be to sort of ban single use plastic because I see so much. I inherit so much of this. Uh, shit all the time like every time I buy something it's wrapped in this crap uh, and it's and I that's the one thing I see all the time I don't see the fumes coming out of my car I don't see you know uh, the damage my clothes are ca- causing but every single day I do something with plastic I buy plastic and it, it annoys me so much you're old enough to remember the deposit and return scheme for glass I think so are you in favor of the idea <laughs> I know not to make you feel old but uh, are you in favor of the idea they're talking now about bringing that back for plastic bottles do you think that's a good yeah. idea 100% why wouldn't like what is the argument against that it might cause children to run out on streets to collect plastic bottles. Uh, I think Dennis right. Nocton so once said that. It, the argument against it is kids will have a job. Like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I kids agree. will have something to do and make money in the process. Like, when I was 14, my parents made me go out and make money, you know, delivering leaflets and all. Get out of it. Of course it's so a good I, like Bring it back then. So kids go out and make money and clean up the environment at the same time. Win-win. <laughs> uh, I'm all for it. Like, I remember living in Boston and we were with the bottle things in Boston, you were to go around and collect all the bottles and bring them back. And we made money out of it. And like the homeless guys were at it. Everybody, you know, when, if, if you look at every plastic bottle around the street and you see this 20p, there are not going to be many of them lying around anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You're a self-confessed petrol head and a former yeah. motorbike racer, I understand. So last week I got Franklin Motorcycles in Dublin to send you over their fully electric motorcycle made by Zero. What's your verdict of that bike? Okay. Like, I got, I'll start by saying I wasn't too hopeful at the start, right? Uh, because I'm such a purist when it comes to uh, the, the, the engine, you know. I know that you hate me, to hate to hear this, but 
there's something just absolutely glorious about being able to put dinosaur bones into a vehicle <laughs> that then flies off the power of the past. Like, there's something beautiful about that. You know, like you get extinct animals that we had no played no part in killing and put them into the tank of a motorbike and fly, propel yourself into the future. Uh, and the roar, that cacophony of, of sound, that beautiful music. You might call it engine noise. I call it engine music. Uh, and I thought when I got on an electric bike, to have it so sanitized, I wouldn't really like it that much. And um, unfortunately, I loved it. <laughs> so you can do without the dinosaurs and you're happy to, to ride an electric bike. You think you'll switch over now? I, I, at the moment, like um, I would I would love to, but I don't think uh, I would at the moment because it's just the charging points around the country and stuff, you know, uh, for long journey. I'm probably not ready at the moment, but. Like, see, next year, I think we're going to make vast improvements. So, see, if I was if I was given the chance to own one today, I would take it. And will I ride it every day? Yeah, I would, yeah. And I'm surprised to hear myself saying these things. Yeah, I am. It was so fast. And it was so much fun. And when you hit the brakes, it felt like you were hitting the wall. And the lack of engine sound is actually kind of thrilling because it's kind of like you're going 100 miles an hour on a bicycle. Like, there's something really weirdly compelling about that. So, it's a totally... Different. To me, I'm, I'm describing it as Schrodinger's motorcycle because it is and is not a motorcycle at exactly the same time. <laughs> so it's sort of like that's very it's deep. such a different experience. It's hard to make it one or the other. Wow. So thanks to Franklin Motorcycles for finally converting you. I've talked to you a lot about electric cars because I have one myself. And I know you got to try out the Tesla autonomous driving car last year. Uh, were you convinced by that at all? I, I had this conversation with Jim, who I work with today, and um i i see i, I think this I, this is like the closed thing now it's like because i've started looking at these things i've looked at them with a skeptical eye i guess this is open-minded it keeps you keep changing your mind all the time uh <laughs> if i am open-minded or not just easily influenced i don't know um but uh i so i i guess i drove to tesla and had really a lot of fun and then i the next day, I was kind of thinking, oh, would I? I wasn't that good fun. And, you, you know, you talk to everyone and say, oh, maybe it wasn't. Um, you know, is it as much, is it as good? Would I live with one? And then I, I kind of went into a dip and thought, no, nah, it wasn't for me. And then me, myself and Jim started looking at them on, on the internet, like, over the last week. And now both of us are mad to get one. Uh, is again, it the look? Just, or... I'm not sure what you can do on long journeys. Is it the look of it? Or what, what is it that's, that's suddenly compelling you toward it? It's the it's the it's like it's got a lot going for it, right? So straight away, the lack of spending three grand a year on fuel is pretty big, you know. Uh, and then I suppose uh, it's it is a very nice looking car, like it's a high end car. Uh, it's got all the comforts you need. It's as much fun as any other car. And then realistically, how much driving am I going to do anymore? So if it was sitting there and doing the mileage I'm doing. And if, if I could get around like doing gigs and stuff all over the country in it, mm -hmm. I think I would swap really soon. My God, this is feeling like counseling. <laughs> I feel like I'm revealing a side to myself I never knew existed as I speak to you now. <laughs> so maybe I am turning you into a, an eco warrior like I hoped. <laughs> between the. No. <laughs> between no. the. No. Okay. Well, between the vegetarian diet, PJ, and the cycling and the lack of new clothes, I think your not so green life is actually one of the greenest that we've had on the show and, and very funny, as always. I'm horrified. I'm absolutely <laughs> horrified. But you've labelled me with you. <laughs> I'll never live it down. My thanks to PJ Gallagher for letting us into his very green life.
And that's it for this episode of Down to Earth. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my producer, Alex Russo, and our intern this week, Holly Cosgrove, for this episode of Down to Earth. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the series on podcast at Newstalk.com or on the Newstalk app. Next week, we're taking a dive into the deep blue sea to explore our underwater environment. But until then, stay curious.